I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Dundalk, Thursday, October 29th, 2020. Kickoff, 8 p.m. The contents: the manager, Mikel Arteta; the captain, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Voice of Arsenal. Match action: Rapid versus Arsenal. Forward Arsenal. Arsenal women. History, my story, visitors, match action, Arsenal versus Leicester City, and teams. Manager's Notes, Mikel Arteta. It was an incredibly frustrating game for us on Sunday, and we are determined to come back with a good result tonight. I have to say, I think the team started really well against Leicester. We had a good first half against a really low block, but they're a team that has the ability to play and open you up as well. But we didn't allow that to happen in the first half. We were really aggressive, we won every duel, we were a threat. I think we created enough chances in the first half to be in front. Certainly we scored a goal, I don't know how that wasn't allowed. I thought it was very harsh because from the corner Granite was behind Schmeichel. He was not in front of him so he was nothing to do with that ball. It was away from him and Granite was behind, but that decision has now been made and we cannot change it. They made a call that it wasn't allowed and obviously it had a massive impact on the game because it was always going to be a game where margins are minimal. The Premier League is so tight at the moment so this decision was important. However, saying all that, I still don't think we should have lost the game. In the second half it was just about being patient, waiting for the right moments. They were just waiting for our mistake. They had 10 men behind the ball and then on one occasion when the ball is under no pressure we tried to step in and that created the space and then they are through. After they went 1-0 up I think we have to play those moments better. There were too many free kicks and we didn't put the ball in the box enough. Also we gave some sloppy passes away. We started to lose some duels. You start to get a little bit frustrated because it's really difficult to attack them in the spaces. You start to force some passes that you shouldn't do against those blocks, but still they didn't have any threat. They didn't have any shots on target or anything, but they were waiting for one moment and credit to them, they did it. We've had a difficult programme as well lately, so I think fatigue had a say as well. We didn't look as sharp on the ball. We didn't have as much purpose on the ball to create. Obviously, David Luiz was giving us something different when we had to attack the low block with his ability to attack the line and provoke, always threatening him behind. We lacked that a little bit in the second half. Still, credit to them, they are really organised when they do that. It is really difficult to create the chances. We created a really good one with Hector again and it just didn't go our way. That's the difference in the end, in the box, what we are able to do. Certainly, it's an aspect that we have to improve. It was disappointing to lose our momentum in home games as well. We had put together a good run here at the Emirates and we want to start another run now, starting tonight against Dundalk. We know our forwards need goals at the moment and I am supporting them, giving them more confidence and the team is trying to create more. We have a few areas that we need to improve and that's what we are looking to do. We started this group stage with a good away win last week 
and that game should also act as a warning to us about how tough this competition can be. I've analysed Dundalk's match against Mulder from match day one, and they look like a strong team as well. This is a very important competition for us. It is an obligation for Arsenal to be playing European football every season, which is one reason why the FA Cup final was so important in August. So now that we are in the competition, it would be a waste if we didn't give everything we've got to go as far as we can and approach every single game really seriously and looking to win. We want to qualify from this group stage, qualify well and qualify as quickly as we can. Home form in European group stages is really important. We want to set the tone with a good win tonight. If we can do that, we will be in a strong position in the group. Captain's Notes Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang It was difficult to cope with defeat on Sunday. It took me a long time to stop working through it in my head. We went ahead very early in the game. Well, we thought we did. I know the manager couldn't understand how granite was a problem for the goalkeeper in that position and I feel exactly the same. It's hard when you're on the pitch and you have to put a decision like that behind you. But ultimately, you just have to. I didn't think we let it affect us as we continued to make chances and we really should have been ahead by half-time. We're not finding scoring goals easy at the moment. This happens in teams. I haven't scored for a few games in the league either. But we're an experienced team with experienced attacking players and we know we will turn this around. I'm not worried about that. In the second half on Sunday, we created less. We can't deny that. Our passing was not incisive and ultimately we lost concentration to give them the opportunity to win the game. Then we couldn't lift our game in the final minutes to really threaten for the equaliser. So it was disappointing and gave us a lot to think about in how we deal with teams, particularly those that might defend so deep in the way Leicester did on Sunday. If I'm totally honest, I'm not really sure what to expect in terms of how Dundalk will approach tonight's game but I know they will definitely be full of commitment and passion. They must be really proud to have reached this stage of the competition, as they had to win a series of one-off qualifiers. It takes a big mentality to win games like that. I know there are big links between Ireland and England, and I know lots of Irish football fans love Arsenal, so this will be a big experience for Dundalk. It's just such a shame that fans won't be able to be at the stadium, and of course, our fans can't visit Ireland, which would be one of the easier trips for our huge travelling support. It was interesting to see some fans in the stands in that match against Rapid, and you could definitely hear them, despite there only being 3,000 of them. As players, we would just love to see you back, even if it meant just a few of you to start with. We will obviously look to build on the win in Austria, and hopefully give ourselves a chance to qualify from this group as quickly as possible. The Europa League is a big objective for us. It was one of the reasons we celebrated our FA Cup win so much. I think this competition is also likely to see more opportunities for younger players too, as it always has done, and that's a big excitement and positive about this competition. To see the next Pukeos, Eddies and Reeses. Can I lastly take this opportunity to reiterate something that is very important to me? I'm so proud of my African heritage. That's why I have the continent tattooed on my back. Africa is my inspiration, my identity, my family, my home. And I'm devastated and heartbroken to see what's going on in Nigeria, Congo, Ivory Coast, so many places. This continent deserves better and deserves justice. I want to say that my brothers and sisters there are not alone and I'm sending strength and love to everyone protesting and standing for peace. You do not stand alone. I hope you don't mind me discussing this in my notes. It's very important to me and my family. Thanks for your support and enjoy tonight's game. Voice of Arsenal my Arsenal Rewards. We are proud to announce My Arsenal Rewards, a new and groundbreaking fan loyalty and reward programme which will soon be available to all our members in the UK. 
As a club, we have always worked hard to strengthen the relationship with you, our fans, none more so than during these challenging times for everyone. The Arsenal membership programme has been at the heart of this activity for many years, and my Arsenal Rewards will go a step further, offering fans meaningful rewards for their engagement with and loyalty to Arsenal. We are already working with supporters groups through the Supporters Forum to develop a programme by the fans for the fans, with my Arsenal Rewards set to launch at the start of the 2021-22 season. The scheme will be delivered in partnership with Barclays Bank and Fortress GB, the sports loyalty and technology specialists. Ahead of the 2021-22 season, all members will receive an upgraded My Arsenal Rewards membership card, which will also work as an electronic matchday ticket, a reward card and a payment card. Barclays will embed innovative payment technology within the card meaning it can also be used for all online and offline purchases at Emirates Stadium, all club shops and anywhere that accepts Visa as a payment method. The payment service can be accessed via the Arsenal app for simple and efficient use. Fans will earn loyalty points based on specific interactions with the club, which can then be redeemed for exclusive rewards or money-can't-buy Arsenal experiences. My Arsenal Rewards will also enable you to earn rewards by spending at several affiliated high street and online brands, including our club partners, which will be announced in the coming months. Club partners, retailers and other businesses will also be able to offer incentives and rewards to Arsenal members directly through the programme, adding further value to the experience of being an Arsenal supporter. Peter Silverstone, the club's commercial director, said, The development of this exciting programme will allow us to reward our fans in a unique and personalised way. Supporters will have the ability to earn points based on their engagement with the club and every time they spend money with the affiliate partners who will be involved. Thanks to the technology from Barclays and Fortress GB, the card will be easy to use and we will be offering rewards which are genuinely meaningful to our supporters. To ensure this happens, we are working with our fans to shape the programme and its rewards. We are also excited to be able to offer a new and groundbreaking way for our existing and prospective club partners to engage with and reward our loyal and engaged UK fan base. Win an Arsenal polo shirt! You've seen the players and management wearing these lovely blue polo shirts. So why not enter our quiz to win one for yourself? All you have to do is answer the following question correctly and you'll enter a draw to win a shirt. In which season did Arsenal have an all-blue away kit? A. 1994-95 B. 1984-85 C. 1974-75 Answers to us via Program at arsenal.co.uk or at AFC Program by Friday, November the 6th. And please specify your size. Good luck. A legacy reimagined. There is a photograph in the hard copy showing Arsenal players warming up in human race football shirt prior to our game against Leicester on Sunday. The limited edition collaboration between the club, Adidas, and Farrell can be bought from adidas.co.uk and is also available from the Armoury store while stocks last. No VAR tonight. Video assistant referees are not being used in the Europa League group stages. However, UEFA have decided that VAR will be used in the knockout stages, which are scheduled to start on February 18, 2021. Another difference between European and domestic games relates to substitutes, as supporters might have noticed last week. Teams can use five replacements in Europa League games drawn from 12 substitutes. The situation in the Premier League is three changes from seven substitutes. Attendance update. For the first time in seven months, we played in front of a paying crowd on match day one of the Europa League group stage. Due to local rules, 3,000 Rapid Vienna fans were allowed in the Alliance Stadium last week, 
all adhering to social distancing regulations and wearing masks while getting behind their team. Fan attendance in UEFA competitions is dependent on local rules, so our home matches are still due to be played behind closed doors, though at the time of writing, a limited number will be in attendance for our match away to FK Mulder in Norway on match day four. So far since June, we have played a total of 22 matches behind closed doors, winning 14, drawing one and losing the other seven. We have scored 33 and conceded 22 in such matches. Programme ITK The matchday programme team go to the depths of the databases to find the ultimate stats and facts. 50 up. Three players brought up their 50th appearance milestone recently. David Luiz marked his half-century with a goal in the 2-1 win over Rapid Vienna on matchday one. The header was David's third goal for the club since making his debut against Burnley on August the 17th, 2019. In the same match, Nicolas Pepe also played his 50th game for the club after making his debut away to Newcastle on August the 11th, 2019. The Ivorian has scored nine and assisted 12 from 33 starts and 17 sub-appearances. Finally, against Leicester City on Sunday, youngster Bukayo Saka also played his 50th first-team game. The England international made his debut on November the 29th, 2018 and has scored five times, assisting a further 13 from his 38 starts and 12 sub-appearances. In Lockdown have you listened to the latest episodes of In Lockdown yet? Our popular podcast series, featuring in-depth career reflectives from former players, is back for another series, with new episodes released every Tuesday. This week's interviewee is former midfielder Alexander Kleb, while Alan Smith will be featured next week. All of our old episodes are still available as well. Nicholas Bentner and Per Matasako kicked off Series 2, while the likes of Jack Wilshire, Wojciech Chesney and Dennis Bergkamp were all featured in Series 1. In Lockdown is available from your regular podcast provider. Be sure to click subscribe so you automatically receive new episodes straight to your device. Leeds match moved to Sunday. The Gunners' home fixture with Leeds United originally scheduled for 3pm on Saturday, November the 21st, will now be played as Sunday, November the 22nd, 4.30pm kickoff, live on Sky Sports. It's been more than 16 years since we entertained Leeds in a Premier League fixture. That game took place on April the 16th, 2004, when you might remember the Gunners were only five games away from going through a season unbeaten and Leeds were relegated. The game ended 5-0 to Arsene Wenger's team, with Thierry Henry grabbing four after Robert Perez had opened the scoring. The win meant that if we avoided defeat in our next game, we could win the league title. All eyes on White Hart Lane. Europa League Match Day 1 5.55pm, Thursday, October 22nd, Allianz Stadium. Rapid Vienna 1, Arsenal 2. First half. Impressive debutant Thomas Partey was pulling the strings in midfield with his progressive passing and one line-breaking ball through to Alex Lacazette nearly created a chance for Bukayo Saka. But our new signing showed his value at the other end of the pitch too making a vital tackle on the edge of our area to deny the dangerous Taxiarchus Fontas. Chances were few and far between, but just before the interval the visitors came close as Erkan Kara received the ball in the area and flashed a shot across the face of goal. Second half. The hosts continued to threaten after the restart as Fontas and then Dejan Lubicic blasted over and then they took the lead as the former took advantage of a poor pass out from the back. We started to pile on the pressure with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Hector Ballerin on to give us some impetus. And with 20 minutes remaining, we had an equaliser as David Luiz headed home Nicolas Pepe's free kick. But moments later, Vienna nearly retook the lead when Fantas fired wide after a defensive mix-up between Bernd Leno and David Luiz. 
We responded well, though, and less than six seconds later, Mo Elneny found Bellerin in behind the rapid backline, and he picked out Aubameyang to put us in front. That proved to be enough, as we kicked off our latest European campaign with a win on the road. Forward Arsenal. Emil Smithrow. Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. How far in advance is your training schedule arranged? Would you know what your plan is for this time next week, for example? No, probably not, to be fair. Just because there are so many games at the moment and training sometimes changes around that. Sometimes we train in the morning, other times in the afternoon, so it depends on the games and who's been involved. But we do have an app that we're all on, which tells us our schedule, and it plans us out for the week, and that can change as well. So we can get a message anytime telling us what's changed or whatever. And when it comes to match days, what are you like the night before? Well, if I knew I was going to be involved, then of course I'd be really excited to play the game. I try and stay relaxed because on match days itself I do get quite nervous. But the night before, I try and stay relaxed, not to think too much about the next day and just chill out at home with the family. I don't run through the game or anything like that. All the preparation is done earlier in the week. We have team meetings and we study the opposition. So during those weekdays... I always try and pitch myself on the pitch and who I might be playing against. I'd always watch a clip of my direct opponent so I'm aware what to expect in the game. Personally, how far ahead in the season do you look? Do you study the fixture list? When do you think you might be involved? No, not really. I don't like to do that. For me, as a young player, it's more about working hard every day in training. I can let that upset me if I'm not in the squad, for example, so I need to stay focused in my job. How about taking your career generally? Do you have any specific ambitions on what you'd like to achieve? As an Arsenal fan, it'd be a dream to become an Arsenal legend, if I'm honest. I want to win trophies with the team because I can express how much I love the club. I have been a fan from a very young age, so it would definitely be an honour to be a legend here. I could see myself being a one-club man if everything works out. Even though you're still only 20, have you given any thought yet which you might want to do after your playing days? No, I haven't really thought about that. I've got lots of little cousins and I love playing football with them, so I'd definitely like to be involved in coaching kids or something like that. Away from playing, is there anything that you want to achieve to do personally? I really want to travel. There's lots of places in the world I really want to visit and see, but of course I don't get much time during that for the season. But it's something I want to do in my life in the future. There's so many places I want to see. It sounds really bad, but first off, I've never seen the Eiffel Tower, so I need to visit there at some point. That should be an easy one to tick off. Maybe that's one for next summer. Other than that, I want to go to Brazil and a few places in America. What else? Are you interested in away from the game? Is there anything that you're working on right now when you aren't actually training or playing? Well, it might sound funny, but I'm actually learning to cook at the moment. I can't cook, so I want to do something about that. I'm taking lessons from my mum and dad because they're both very good cooks. We've just done the basics so far and I'm getting started, but we've started with the healthy stuff, chicken, salmon and so on. I'm really enjoying it, though, to be fair. I'm really getting into it. I really enjoy cooking and the eating. Not so much the cleaning up afterwards, though. Are you good at planning generally? Do you always remember birthdays, etc.? Honestly, not really. I try to be, but it often goes wrong. When it comes to football and training, I'm really well organised and I always know where to go. But for other stuff at home, I think I'm too chilled. My friends and family would probably say I'm lazy. But you would say that if I save all my energy for my job. Finally, you were told there's a spare seat on the next trip on the International Space Station. Do you go? Why? If there are two seats, who do you want to go with you? Yeah, I would. I said I wanted to travel, so why not? I'm going to take my brother with me. He's, he'd like that trip. I wouldn't take my mum, because she'd be scared the whole time. Arsenal women. 
news and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Gunners Girls in Green The influence of Irish players in Arsenal women's history is immense. Katie McCabe is a key member of Joe Montemuro's team, illustrated by her sensational free kick, which opened the scoring in the team's most recent game, the 6-1 win over Tottenham. Katie looks certain to reach 100 appearances with the team this season, having 94 to her name, which have included 18 goals from her position on the left side of midfield or at left back. Kate was regularly joined in the team by another Irish woman in recent seasons, Louise Quinn. The centre-half was a key member of the 2018-19 WSL winning squad and played 76 times for us up until leaving the club for Fiorentina in the summer, scoring seven goals. Further back in Arsenal history, the influence of the Irish has been huge. In fact, numbers one and two in our all-time appearance records are both from the Emerald Isle. Top of the pile is Dubliner Emma Byrne, who made an incredible 459 first-team appearances for the team between 2000 and 2016, winning trophies galore, including the UEFA Women's Cup in 2007, when she kept two clean sheets in our 1-0 aggregate win over Umea. Behind Emma in the list is Galway girl Cara Grant, who actually alerted Vic Ackers to Emma's availability. Cara played 403 games between 1995 and 2012, initially as a box-to-box midfielder and later slotting in at centre-back. Another multiple title winner, including the UEFA Women's Cup, Cara scored a remarkable 102 goals for the club, putting her seventh in our all-time scoring charts. There was a third Irish woman in the Arsenal squad for the UEFA Women's Cup win, defender Yvonne Tracy, who made 139 appearances for Vic Acker's Gunners, scoring eight goals between 2000 and 2014, and just ahead of Yvonne in the appearance charts is Niam Fay on 144. Another fine defender and talented Gaelic footballer, Niam won multiple Arsenal honours with us between 2008 and 2014 and grabbed eight goals. Niam currently plays for Championship side Liverpool. A number of other players from the Republic of Ireland have played for us. Caroline Thorpe, 19 games. Michelle O'Brien, 7. Elaine O'Connor, 5. Carol Conlon, 5. Susan Heaps, 4. Graeme Kierans, 3. Ashley Hutton, 2, Sarah McGrath, 1, Sayana Cook, 1, and Ruesha Littlejohn, 1. Congratulations, Anouk. Our recent win over Tottenham provided a particularly special moment for Anouk Denton, who made her first team debut for Arsenal women. The 17-year-old came on as a late substitute for Caitlin Ford, realising a dream that has been burning since she joined the Arsenal Academy four years ago. The defender from St Albans, who wears number 31, will be hoping for more opportunities to taste first-team action as the season progresses. She's certainly used to the big stage, having represented England at the UEFA Women's Under-17 Championships last year. Congratulations, Anouk. Arsenal women for the human race. Arsenal women always get involved in the club's kit launches nowadays and the launch of the new Pharrell-inspired human race kit was no exception. Here's Danielle van der Donk and Beth Mead relaxing at Emirates Stadium in what's been a popular shirt with supporters, and is available in both men's and women's sizes. What's not to like? 2020-2021 fixtures. September the 6th, Reading, 6-1. September the 12th, West Ham United, 9-1. September 26th, Tottenham, FA Cup quarter-final, 4-0. October 1st, Man City, FA Cup semi-final, 1-2. October 4th, Bristol City, 3-1. October 7th, Chelsea, CC, 1-4. October 11th, Brighton and Hove Albion, 5-0. October 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, 6-1. November 4th, London City Lionesses, CC, away. November 8th, Manchester United, 12pm, away. 
November 15th, Chelsea, 2.30pm, home. November 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, CC, away. December 6th, Birmingham City, home. December 13th, Manchester City, away. December 20th, Everton, home. January 9th, stroke 10th, Aston Villa, away. January 16th, stroke 17th, Reading, away. January 23rd, stroke 24th, West Ham United, home. February 6th, stroke 7th, Manchester City, home. February 10th, 11th or 12th, Chelsea, away. March 6th, stroke 7th, Birmingham City, away. March 17th, stroke 18th, Manchester United, home. March 27th, stroke 28th, Tottenham Hotspur, away. April 3rd, stroke 4th, Bristol City, away. April 24th stroke 25th, Brighton and Hove Albion, home. May 1st stroke 2nd, Everton, away. May 8th stroke 9th, Aston Villa, home. Women's Super League at October 20th. Arsenal played 5, won 5, drawn 0, lost 0, 4, 29, against 4, goal difference 25, points 15. Everton played 5, won 4, drawn 1, lost 0, 4, 16, against 3, goal difference 13, points 13. Manchester United played 5, won 4, drawn 1, lost 0, 4, 14, against 5, goal difference 9, points 13. Chelsea played 4, won 3, drawn 1, lost 0, 4-14 against 2, goal difference 12, points 10. Manchester City played 5, won 2, drawn 2, lost 1, 4-8 against 5, goal difference 3, points 8. Reading played 5, won 2, drawn 1, lost 2, 4-6 against 9, goal difference minus 3, points 7. Birmingham City played 5, won 2, drawn 0, lost 3, 4, 7, against 8, goal difference minus 1, point 6. Brighton and Hove Albion played 5, won 1, drawn 2, lost 2, 4, 4, against 10, goal difference minus 6, points 5. Tottenham Hotspur played 5, won 0, drawn 1, lost 4, 4-3 against 13, goal difference minus 10, points 1. West Ham United played 5-1-0, drawn 1, lost 4, 4-5 four, against 18, goal difference minus 13, points 1. Aston Villa played 3-1-0, drawn 0, lost 3, 4-1 against 11, goal difference minus 10, points 0. Bristol City played 4-1-0, drawn 0, lost 4, 4-1 against 20, goal difference minus 18, points 0. History. The grass was often greener. Football historian John Sperling looks at the significant influence of Irish footballers at Arsenal, in particular during the 1970s. The club's history is littered with unsung heroes whose contribution to Arsenal's cause has sometimes been overlooked. Such a figure is Bill Darby, who passed away earlier this year and who, in the 1970s, was the Gunners' Dublin-based scout. Chief Scout Gordon Clark oversaw a network of scouts across the UK, but in the late 1960s received a letter from Derby informing him that Arsenal were missing out on a raft of Irish talent. Derby pointed out that United had signed the likes of Tony Dunn, John Giles and Eamon Dunphy, thanks to the local knowledge of their scout, Billy Behan, and that it was time the Gunners gave United some competition in nabbing the cream of Irish talent. Essentially, Derby was pitching for the job, and Gordon Clark, his interest well and truly piqued, sent Arsenal scout Mulwyn Roberts over from Wales to follow up the lead. Roberts arrived in Dublin one Saturday morning and said to Derby, 
take me to a good game where I'm going to see good players. That afternoon, the pair enjoyed their first official sighting of a 13-year-old Liam Brady, starring for St Kevin's Boys. We were probably the top schoolboy club at the time in that under-13 age group, and Mulwyn saw me playing and said, I like him, Brady explained. So himself and Bill came round to the house, and it started from there. Brady came over for a trial in 1969, before signing on as an apprentice in 1971. Brady also recalled Derby's ability to build strong relationships with players' parents, which is a key element, because convincing the families that a club is the right place for their son is integral to signing young players. Now installed in the role by Clark, Derby spotted striker Frank Stapleton, who joined Arsenal in 1972, and central defender David O'Leary, who arrived in 1973. There was also full-back John Devine and Johnny Murphy, another talented footballer of the time, who, although he didn't make the grade at Arsenal, would go on to be capped for his country as a rugby full-back. Ten years later, Derby alerted the club to the talents of lanky striker Neil Quinn, who was playing football for Lourdes Celtic and Drimmer Castle, and hurling for the Dublin Miners. He also toured Australia with the Dublin College's Gaelic football team. Derby stepped in and convinced Quinn that he should head to Highbury. When Brady later became head of youth development at Arsenal, he still relied on the now-retired Derby's tips about whom to appoint as talent scouts in Ireland, and on the back of that, Graham Barrett, Patrick Craig, and Anthony Stokes, who later went on to have a fine career at Sunderland and Celtic, came to N5. But unquestionably, the fruits of Derby's labour were never better illustrated than in the late 1970s, when Brady, Stapleton and O'Leary were at the cornerstone of Arsenal's renaissance. It wasn't always easy for the young Irishman, as Bertie Mee's 71 double winners faded from the scene, and the club was beset by infighting and cliques within the dressing room. Opportunities for the young Irish contingent seemed sparse, particularly after Bertie Mee's new coach, Bobby Campbell, told a pack of journalists immediately after arriving in 1973, I'm only interested in today. The future will take care of itself. But there was no holding back their respective talents, along with a raft of Northern Ireland internationals, including club skipper Pat Rice, Sammy Nelson and goalkeeper Pat Jennings, signed from Tottenham. The London Irish, managed by Ulsterman Terry Neal, turned themselves into a capside to be reckoned with by the late 1970s. The Irish contingent always bristled at any suggestions they were a clique. Liam Brady explained, I always found it odd that people thought I would naturally socialise with David and Frank simply because they were Irish. It's not like the rest of the team didn't speak the same language. Pat Jennings recalls, You'd get people coming up to you asking if we spent the whole time arguing about politics or religion, but the fact is, we never discussed it. Sammy Nelson is a unionist and proud of it. Frank Stapleton is a Catholic. Others have their own beliefs and opinions. It was a good example of how men from different backgrounds can mix. In May 1979, the London Irish, together with Scotsman Willie Young and Englishmen Graham Ricks, Brian Talbot, David Price and Alan Sunderland, defeated Dave Sexton's Manchester United in the FA Cup final. The masterful Liam Brady set up Frank Stapleton for the second goal, a header which Stapleton bulleted past Gary Bailey, and the surge forward in the dying seconds to push the ball wide to Graham Ricks, whose cross was steered home by Alan Sunderland for the winner. At the back, David O'Leary was as unflappable as ever, until the final three minutes anyway. Looking on proudly was Bill Darby. Liam Brady recalled, he later said to me his proudest moment was when myself, Frank and David all played in the 1979 FA Cup winning side against United. It was ironic that it should be against them, because that was the reason he wanted to come in and scout players, because they were all ending up at United instead. Thanks to the persuasive powers and talent-spotting abilities of Bill Darby, Arsenal had now more than matched United both on and off the pitch. Bye.
The Arsenal Foundation, my story. The work for the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and the initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Remark UK, an organisation that helps British Sign Language training and supports deaf people to live independently. Kate Matthews, 27 from Surrey, tells us about the charity's remarkable club. I don't have a day-to-day problem being deaf, but I do wish people would know how to communicate with deaf people. That's especially true when I tell them I'm deaf and they do nothing but worse. I've faced discrimination at work because of it. I came into contact with the Remark community when I was feeling depressed after going through a breakup. I didn't know what to do and I honestly thought I should just give up. My friend Yigit suggested I join the Remarkable Club, where deaf people meet every week. And although I felt like I couldn't be bothered, it was a good thing that I went. My first memory was a trip to the Maritime Museum in Greenwich. I was so shy and quiet. The second time I went, it was very emotional. I cried in what turned out to be a good way. It was a workshop about positive relationships and positive mindset. And it was going well until we started talking about negative impacts. I tried to keep my tears back, but it reminded me of a breakup, and I just sobbed. Then I saw a lovely woman with bright red hair, Anne. She came to ask if I was all right, and if I'd like some space to calm down and talk in a private room. I was so grateful that I was able to express my feelings. Throughout my teens, I had nobody to talk to, so I bottled up my emotions. I'm so glad that two years on, I'm still a member of this club, and I've made lots of new friends, and I've really embraced my deaf identity. We meet every Tuesday in London to socialise. We do indoor activities, board games, arts and crafts, and we go to museums and fun fairs, football and sports. And we do things like kayaking, which I love, and cycling. We also have workshops including learning about positives and negatives, sexing advice, food safety tips and lots more which are very, very useful. It's a great opportunity to make and to stay in touch with friends. I usually see friends once a month but with a club I know that I'm going to see them at least once a week. I also volunteered for the Remark Play Scheme for a year and in February I became a play worker for the scheme. I've achieved a lot since I joined Remark. I think back that I was heartbroken when my first boyfriend broke up with me and I felt like I wanted to give up. I didn't want to go on, but then I joined Remark and everything changed. I enjoy it so much. For more information, visit remark.uk.com. Dundalk FC by Mike Hammond Formed 1903. Nickname, the Lily Whites, the town. Stadium, Oriel Park, capacity 4,500. Honours, League of Ireland stroke Premier Division winners. 11 times FAI Cup winners. 7 times Irish League Cup winners. 7 times Leinster Senior Cup winners. 2 times League of Ireland First Division winners. 2 times President Cup winners. One-time Champions Cup, All-Ireland. Owner, Dundalk Town FC Limited. Chairman, Bill Hulsizer. Social followers, Twitter, 38,300. Instagram, 25,000. Facebook, 50,700. The reigning champions of the Republic of Ireland are the visitors to Emirates Stadium for the second round of matches in UEFA Europa League Group B. Dundalk have actually won the League of Ireland Premier Division title in five of the last six years. But it is their presence in the group stage of a European competition for the second time in five seasons that has really captured the imagination of the Irish public. Unfortunately, they were beaten 2-1 at home by Mulder in their opening fixture, despite taking the lead through a header from midfielder Sean Murray, his third goal in as many European games. The Lilywhites from County Louth look likely to seed their domestic championship crown this year, with Dublin duo Shamrock Rovers and Bohemians 
both somewhere ahead of them at the top of the 2020 table. But a return to big-time continental football and the chance to play against a team of Arsenal stature is ample compensation for a club that savoured Europa League group stage football for the first time in 2016-17, when they drew their opening game 1-1 away to AZ Alkmaar and then beat Maccabi Tel Aviv 1-0 at home on match day two, before falling to four successive one-goal defeats. Dundalk gave a more than respectable showing last time out. They made it this far thanks to three wins in the Europa League playoffs, although not before they had been dumped out of the Champions League in the first qualifying round by Selje, losing the one-off tie 3-0 in Slovenia. A change of head coach with Italian Filippo Gianvangioli replacing Vinnie Perth, prompting a winning run in the Europa League qualifiers as Inter Descales were beaten 1-0 in Andorra, Sharif Tiraspol 5-3 on penalties after a 1-1 draw in Moldova, and in the playoff, Faroe Isles champions K.L. Klaxvik were seen off 3-1 at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. This is the seventh successive season of European competition for Dundalk, and 24th in all, so they are no strangers to competing against foreign teams. They have been paired with English clubs, however, on only three previous occasions. The first against Liverpool in the 1969-70 Fairs Cup is best forgotten, as they lost 14-0 on aggregate. But in the second round of the 1981-82 Cup Winners' Cup, they ran Tottenham close, drawing the home leg 1-1 before losing the return 1-0 at White Hart Lane. Their last English opponents were Liverpool again in the 1982-83 European Cup, a 4-1 loss at home preceding another 1-0 defeat in England. Arsenal have never hosted a club from the Republic of Ireland in UEFA competition, so Dundalk are the first to tick that particular box. Although clear second favourites, they will evidently be keen to put on a good show on the club's first official visit to England for 38 years. The shame, of course, is that none of their fans will be able to witness this historic encounter. But if Dundalk do themselves justice this evening and manage to ruffle a few Arsenal feathers, their supporters will surely be proud of them from afar. Irish 11 11 players have represented the Republic of Ireland whilst they were playing for Dundalk. Robert Egan played for his country in 1929, as did Joey Donnelly and Billy O'Neill, who played in a number of games between 1935 and 1937. Mick Hoy played in a World Cup qualifier in 1937. Controversially, as Mick was from Northern Ireland. Dickie Lunn played in a couple of games in 1938, and after the war, Terry Murray featured in a defeat to Belgium in 1950, before a gap of 16 years until Tony O'Connell played in a nil-nil draw against Spain in 1966. Tommy McConville won six caps for Republic of Ireland, one of them was as a Dundalk player, versus Austria in 1971, when teammate Turlo O'Connor also played and featured four more times for his country whilst at Dundalk. Teenager Sinan Bradish played in a friendly against Turkey in 1978, and most recently Mick Fairclough made two appearances on a South American tour in 1982. Scouting Report by Michael Cox They might only have faced sides from Andorra, Moldova and the Faroe Islands, but in their qualification campaign for the Europa League group stage, Dundalk have proved capable of playing out from defence and getting the ball into dangerous positions out wide. They also appear well drilled defensively under new manager Filippo Giovangnoli. Thus far, Giovangnoli has stuck to the 4-3-3 system that Dundalk have generally played over the last couple of seasons. This approach is based around a proper number nine, Patrick Hoban, who is in his second spell at the club after a stint in the English lower leagues. Hoban has more to his game than simply being a target man, but it's notable that he flattened an opponent within seconds in an aerial challenge at the start of Dundalk's meeting with Sheriff Tiraspol in the third qualifying round, and his teammates are keen to supply him 
with searching crosses whenever possible. Despite that, Dundalk's wingers tend to cut inside. Michael Duffy, who won the PFAI Players' Player of the Year award in 2018, starts on the left but cuts inside and uses his right foot for shooting or playing through balls for teammates. On the opposite flank, Serbian Stefan Kolovic is a new arrival and has demonstrated his threat by cutting inside onto his left foot. Sean Gannon has also been used on the right wing, although he's more accustomed to playing at fullback as his number two shirt would suggest. In midfield, Gio Vangnoli plays one defensive midfielder and two breaking forward into attack. Chris Shields is tasked with the holding role, reliably screening the defence. Ahead of him, Sean Murray scored twice in the qualification rounds, on both occasions netting with his head after a storming late run into the box. Greg Sloggett does something similar on the right of the midfield. Defensively, left-back Dara Leahy is the most notable individual because he overlaps energetically and is capable of whipping in dangerous free kicks. Daniel Cleary and veteran Brian Gartland form a reliable centre-back partnership, while Sean Hoare is a solid right-back capable of pushing forward energetically. Dundalk are capable of playing out from the back. Although Arsenal's level of pressing may prove more intense than the challenges they faced earlier in the competition. Goalkeeper Gary Rogers is now 39 and briefly interrupted his League of Ireland career to play Gaelic football for Meath before returning to soccer. He's been called up to Republic of Ireland squads in the past without making a senior appearance and was the hero of the penalty shootout victory over Sheriff Tiraspol. Giovangnoli can call upon some reliable backups. Daniel Kelly is an energetic midfielder, while David McMillan is an alternative to or potential partner for Hoban up front. Dundalk are unlikely to take the game to Arsenal, and the classic underdog strategy of sporadic counter-attacking and a set-piece threat is likely to be the order of the day. But Giovangnoli's side do boast technical quality out wide and shouldn't be underestimated. Premier League Match Day 6 7.15pm Sunday October 25th 2020 Emirates Stadium Arsenal 0 Leicester City 1 First half It looked as though we had taken the lead inside just 5 minutes when Alexandra Lacazette rose superbly at the near post to head home a corner off the post. However, the linesman's flag was up for offside against Granit Xhaka, who was deemed to be obstructing keeper Kasper Schmeichel. However, we continued to make the most of this running, with Leicester seemingly happy to soak up the pressure. Hector Bellerin was denied inside the area before Bukayo Saka had a shot saved. Lacazette also brought a save from Schmeichel, and Saka hit the side netting, but we were unable to break the deadlock in the opening 45 minutes. Second half the injured David Luiz was replaced by Shodkran Mustafi early in the second half and we continued to find Leicester difficult to break down. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang found Bellerin with a great cross, but the Spaniard's volley was well saved by Schmeichel. We began to run out of ideas and with just 10 minutes remaining we got caught on the counter-attack. Kengiz Under squared for fellow substitute Jamie Vardy to head home and inflict our first home league defeat of 2020. Teams. For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks. 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. William Saliba. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 6. Gabriel. 7. Pukeo Saka. 8. Danny Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Mesut Ozil 12. Willian 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez
18. Thomas Party. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 22. Pablo Mori. 23. David Lewis. 24. Rhys Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 28. Joe Willock. 30. Eddie Nkitia. 31. Sid Kolasinac. 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. Fortan Dork, managers Filippo Giovignoli and Shane Keegan. White shirts with black and red trim, blank shorts, white socks. 1. Gary Rogers, goalkeeper. 2. Sean Gannon. 3. Brian Gartland. 4. Sean Hoare. 5. Chris Shields. 6. Jordan Flores. 7. Michael Duffy. 8. John Mountney. 9. Patrick Hoban. 10. Gregory Sloggett. 11. Patrick McKellany. 12. Andrew Quinn. 15. Dara Leahy. 16. Sean Murray. 17. Nathan Odua. 20. Aaron McCary, goalkeeper. 21. Daniel Cleary. 22. Stefan Kolovich. 23. Cameron Dummigan. 24. Jamie Wynn. 27. Daniel Kelly. 29. David McMillan. 5, 4, 3, 2, 30. Jimmy Corcoran, goalkeeper. 44. Andy Boyle. Today's fixtures, 8pm unless stated. Group A, Roma vs CSK Sofia, CFA Cluj vs Young Boys. Group B, Molde vs Rapid Vienna. Group C, Slavia Prague vs Bayer Leverkusen. Nice vs HB Sheva. Group D, Benfica vs Standard Liège. Rangers vs Lek Poznan. Group E, Grenada vs PAOK Salonika. Harmonia Nicosia vs PSV Eindhoven. Group F. Real Sociedad vs. Napoli. AZ Alkmaar vs. Rijeka. Group G. Soria vs. Braga at 5.55pm. AEK Athens vs. Leicester City at 5.55pm. Group H. Milan vs. Sparta Prague at 5.55pm. Lille vs. Celtic at 5.55pm. Group I. Sivaspur vs. Maccabi Tel Aviv, 5.55pm. FK Karabag vs. Villarreal at 5.55pm. Group J. Royal Antwerp vs. Tottenham at 5.55pm. LASK Linz vs. Ludogorets at 5.55pm. Group K. Feyenoord vs. Wolfsburg at 5.55pm. CSKA Moscow vs Dynamo Zagreb at 5.55pm Group L Ghent vs Hoffenheim at 5.55pm Red Star vs Slovan Liberic at 5.55pm Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Premier League. Arsenal. In our game, there's always room for passion. There's room for rivalry. There's room for emotion. But there is no room for racism. If you see it, report it. No room for racism. Kick it out. Tackling racism and discrimination. Download the Kick It Out app or tell a police officer or steward in the stadium. Acronis Backup. Cyber protection for your data. Keep your data safe with the most secure backup. www.acronis.com Future. Forever faster. Humour. Invented in the lab, proven on the pitch. Fuel like the Gunners. Gatorade, number one sports drink in the world. The official sports drink of Arsenal Football Club. 